You're listening to Derek McCutcheon's Rebellious Jukebox. On Cam Glen Radio. Wilson's Jukebox. And I start the show with Rebellious Jukebox by The Fall, even though that's the name of the show. But tonight's a bit special because we're going to be talking about punk, and that's obviously an early uh, The Fall single. And I'm a big fan of The Foil, a Fall, as you'll, you'll know, and I've played them plenty of times in the show. So, what's happening in the show tonight? Well, Ewan McPherson's in, we're going to be talking about his award winning short film, My First Punk Gig, and loads more, I guess, as well. And there will be a, certainly be a, a punk flavour to the show tonight. I've got a couple of new tracks to play as well, though. This is brand new from the Kaplans, and this is In Bits.
big three No one answers like they don't wanna know me Surely some mistake they must wanna know me No one answers like they don't wanna know me Like a faraway stare Number 63 tearing out my hair Sit tight and we'll answer you Sit tight and we'll get to you Sit tight and we'll maybe get to you Can you help me? Don't decide my future cause you're just too easy Can you help me? I look and I help you today. I feel it's more like you're making waves. What's your name? What's your number? Your address? These are my questions. How to help you best? These are my questions. How to help you best? These are my questions, how to help you best Can you help me? Don't decide my future, but you think I'm easy Can you help me? Don't decide my future, but you're just too lazy Can you help me? Don't decide my future, but you think I'm easy Can you Help me, don't decide my future, but you're just plain lazy. Never been anyone crazy as you, yeah. Yellow and gold, looking at you. Breathing the deep, feeling the heat, yeah. Feeling intense, out of the
That was Sweaty Palms there with Convoy Exceptionnel. And Robbie from Sweaty Palms is home to come in tonight, but he's not managed to do so. And we're going to talk about Bob, his uh, solo project. And he's got a gig coming up in January. But let's hear something from Bob, and then we can talk about the gig that's coming up next month. Here's Bob from 2020 with Down to the Dock featuring Johnny Mybra.
Derek McCutcheon. On Cam Glen Radio. There you go, the Stranglers with something better changed, and I did mention at the start that Ewan McPherson's my guest tonight. Welcome, Ewan. Hello there. And uh, the Stranglers, I guess, are kind of apt way to start it. Yeah, they are indeed. They've been the subject of two of my films, or uh, two of the fil- two of the films I've made now. So, 
So I did ask you in to talk about the short film series. Uh, it's my first punk gig. But first of all, maybe tell us something about yourself. Sure. Um, I actually have a background in ch ch charities and I did that thing um, when lockdown took place. Um, I sort of began to sort of go, where, where the hell am I going in life? And I packed it in two years ago, my, my job in, and decided to do a degree in film. And since that, I've not looked back, really. I've and you've just graduated recently. I did see the photographs. Oh, yes. I have managed to get a first. I think the, ele the lecturers were in a good mood that, that day. <laughs> And you'd be pleased to get obviously get it under your belt then? Oh, of course, yeah. Felt a real achievement. I um, flunked my degree first time around. Um, let's just say there was too many 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 bands to 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 see when when I when I was eighteen. Right, and I've got to ask you that as well because obviously we're going to talk about punk a lot tonight, and. I'm, I, we spoke off here. I'm ten years older than you, and I was there as a young. Teenager, as it was punk came along, so you got in it a bit later. So, how how did uh, how did you get any punk then? How did it first cross your path? I hate to say this, and I hate to admit it, it was actually all due to the fine young ca ca cannibals. Right. I should mention first of all, I do have a stammer, so if it does play up, please, people, it's not your Wi-Fi. Um, no, um, I had bought their cover version of uh, 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 Ever Fallen In Love. And at that point, I think I was about 14, I really could not get that much into punk. For me, it just seemed a bit unpenetrable. Penetrable. And um, my sister, who was like, the, same, the same age as you, she'd bought Ever Fallen In Love and said, look, if you think the fine young ca 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 cannibal Bill's version is good. Listen to this, and of course she played the Buzzcocks version, and it was it was a bit like a key going into a lock. Mm -hmm. It was all of a sudden I realised that punk was this kind of emo emo emotive force, a very powerful force, and that just started me to explore the Clash and other punk bands. Before I knew it, I'd nicked all my set. All my sisters' records. Now that was one of the ones I had, and if we go back in the day, you know, it's funny when you talk to young people nowadays, and you know, a seven-inch vinyl, and they're like, oh, "I'll just listen to Spotify." But we used to, we used to have to carry these records around and go to parties and stuff like that. And uh, I'm, I'm sure my buscocks ever fallen in love with this guy sausage roll staying in the front of it for, for somebody's <laughs> party but that was the way you had you had to you know and, and to get to hear music you know john peel was about the time so he was playing great stuff it was kind of adam and uh, i was 13 14 and it's 10 o'clock at night i'm sure his show so i had to be portable radio under my pillow in bed and i try to listen to some of the stuff and including some stuff occasionally swear words and that in it as well and then um, and you had to carry records about and you had to pass them to your friends and all that to to obviously you know have you heard this one it's weird because um, I started to get quite, um, quite, quite, he quite heavily into punk and tried to get a few of the records that uh, my sister did not have. And um, I remember, like you know, going into record shops and trying to find them, and then getting home and discovered like pe 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 people's names scribbled on <laughs> the back of it. Well, I used to pin mines up the wall, and all mine had a pin mark in oh. the back of them. But 
when eBay came along, the CDs was the thing, obviously, and I was buying stuff in CDs and excited about CDs, although nothing to be excited about, I guess. And I sold loads of stuff and I sold loads of collectible stuff, some really collectible stuff, and I sold all on eBay, and which I totally regret now. And I've started buying some stuff back as well. And, and nowadays I do buy vinyl, but collectible stuff. So I'm looking for the kind of limited editions and stuff like that. And, and no way am I selling it. Yeah, I'll be keeping it now. I can really um, sympathise with, with you, mate. I had quite a lot of coloured punk vinyl, and I'm now, I was just a bit like yourself, and oh, I'm not going back to that. And now I'm think, think, thinking, why? Why did, did, did I sell it? Why? Yeah, I had uh, the factory sampler, which I think is like four or five hundred pounds worth now, and I, I kept stuff good. Uh, we'll talk about maybe about the zips later on as well. I had the zips first single with the stickers in it, uh, you know, and, and people would go out and use these stickers and stick them on things. I just kept everything nice and neat, you know, and so when I sold these things, somebody, somebody won a watch uh, when they... They bought them. So apart from the music, then what kind of I mean, punk had an impact to me because it told people you could to to sit up and do it yourself. You know, at that time it was prog rock and there was all sorts of you, you, you know you wouldn't see yourself up there as Rick Wakeman with thousands and thousands of pounds worth of accordions and synthesizers and stuff like that. It was do it yourself, and I mean I, I I was never a musician, but I bought a guitar and I was part of a, a band which was more like a gang. But that's what it was to me then. It was like you know, kind of break the rules, do it yourself. You know, uh, it could be lo-fi. You know, it's do, do, do it yourself kind of thing. Um, even the sound and people liked it. So what was obviously it was a bit later for you. So what was the kind of impact? Was it just more about the music? I think there's a lot of things why punk is seen as very attractive to a lot of ge 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 generations that were not around in the punk um, era. I think it was the fact that people could there's uh, could just pick up their 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 instru instruments and do what they want. It was a bit of a rebellious mm -hmm. feeling too. Um, also, the looks and the covers. You know, I remember like you know, when I was buying all the records, just going, "My God, these are the the this looks great. It's a great Im image." And I think as well, there's times where maybe we face a challenge and. We are a bit, um, maybe a bit insecure about things and we've got to get through a certain thing that we all do need a bit of punk, 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 punk energy. Mm -hmm. I know for myself that when I've um, done my films and interviewed the people in them, I've asked them if punk has influenced who where they are today. And yeah, it is true. All, all three of the people that I have interviewed so far have said, yeah, that actually, uh, actually, actually punk really has made an impact on the way that they have their own outlook in life certainly with the last film um, the person that was interviewed Derek who <laughs> who's a performer um he says there's times when he needs to think back to the punk, the punk the punk the punk ad the punk attitude and draw that feeling yeah yeah definitely for me it was an attitude as well and it, yeah it's it's impacted in me for the rest of my, my life maybe what I ended up doing unorthodoxly, but you know, it, it definitely my mindset, you know, obviously kind of changed my mindset uh, at the time. Like, I'm going to stick on a track. We mentioned the Buzzcocks, so let's have the Buzzcocks with Ever Fallen in Love with Someone You Shouldn't Have from 1978. Fun.
that is a classic. Now, we're going to talk about what was your first pink punk gig, so what about yourself then, Ewan? What was your first punk gig? Oh, my God. Um, I would say it was The Stranglers in about 1989 at the Playhouse, and I managed to drag a friend just because he was more into um, instrumental music. There was mm. an instrumental song that they always seemed to open their shows with. And he was into things like John Michelle Jarre and things like that. And I was like, oh, come on, they, they might play this song. And I dragged them all the way to Edinburgh. Borough, 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 borough. They played that song when they walked on stage for two seconds and then that was it. This poor guy had to sit there and watch this whole show. Right. And... Um... I would be pretty sure, not hundred percent sure, but pretty sure that was my first gig as well. Was the the Strangles at the Apollo? Right. So I sort of, what year was that? Because the subject of my last film, Derek, he was nineteen seventy-nine. That would be nineteen seventy-nine, uh, right. and I, I, I must have saw them how many times. Did they play the Apollo? Maybe three times. I'm not sure, but. I saw them and I also saw Jean Michel, Jean Jack Burnell, as you'd say, Jean Michel's Adela, uh, Jean Jack Burnell at the Pavilion across the road as well. And I went, I went up during the day as well, met him, and uh, we ended up with a backstage pass as well. Buy the ticket and I gave that to somebody else. Um, but um, well, my story with the first punk gig in the Stranglers was that um, we would hang about in the town during the day and go to the record shops and stuff like that and just see what's going on and obviously we knew the Stranglers were playing at night and I was in there f for the day and moving up and uh, hanging about the back door and the Stranglers sneaked us into the sound check so I do remember seeing the dressing room which is pretty symbolic and then we get stuck into the one of the boxes at the side to, to watch the sound check and then eventually get thrown out with the bouncers and get back into the gig at night. But uh, the guys are brand new and, and then things like that stick with you, you know. So I was really, really into the stranglers at that point. Did fall away eventually, but um, I was really into them at that time. And, uh, you know, it was like something else as well, the Paul, because it was just that old style theatre thing and the bouncers try to get you to sit down in that really tall stage as well. It was, it was a, a strange venue when you look back on it. In the first episode I did, it was with John Zip and Tony Gollan, and I think it was The Clash that they went to see. Um, and they actually said, oh, yeah, we get me to sit down for a Clash gig. And I went, how could you have sat down through a Clash gig? How? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how many gigs I ended up going to there, but, I mean, the Rosillos, I remember being at the Rosillos, I'd been made to sit down. Uh, back on the bunny, I mean, other gigs I was standing, but I think at the bouncers at the start, I think because it's such a new thing and there's such energy in the room and they weren't used to it and they were trying to get everybody to sit down. Um, I guess on occasion they were making people sit down. And you couldn't take a camera this. I mean, I've been, invo well, been involved with a couple of books. Chris Brickley's uh, uh, released a couple of books oh, recently yeah, and yeah. with photographs and stuff like that. And I never had photographs. No, I did have a wee camera, Olympus trip and that, but um, I wasn't taking it anywhere because the bouncers were taking stuff off you. And... You know, the photographs that are out there are really the professional photographs or maybe in the smaller venues. Um, you, could, you can, I guess, folk were taking the big tape recorders and recording stuff. So they were searching everybody. You know, it was, uh, there's no photographs. Nowadays, everybody's got a phone, and even if they tried to stop you, they couldn't. The bouncers were noto notorious in the uh, Apollo, from what I heard. There was so many sort of sad tales about them kicking people out and all the rest of it. And, yeah, there was a bit of a difference of opinion with them. Um, 
Tony from Blitzgate Shop and John from the Zips, who said both of them were one person had said, yeah, the, the bouncers were okay if you get on the wrong side of the bouncers, then yeah, I knew about it. But yeah, from what I heard from the from the 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 the, the other source was that basically the bouncers were just violent and aggressive. And it was really nice during the last film when I interviewed Derek and he said that he was up in the gods and people just stood up and danced en masse and the, 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 the bouncers could, 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 could not do a thing. But worrying because the, the, the balcony did begin to shake. Yeah, I've definitely <laughs> I saw that as well. And when you see the state of the building, when they were knocking it down, you know, hey, who knows what might have happened. Film production then, how did that start for you? It was something, like I said, it was under lockdown um, where I kind of realised that I did want to go into film production. Um, I think I'd just got money from an inheritance. I realised that life was just too short and... It was scary going into a film course, particularly when people were less than half your age. You're like, oh, good, good God, what the, what the heck am I doing here? But um, I'm glad I did. I've got no regrets, and yeah, I'm hoping to produce a few more films now, and already, already got plans. And and you're doing it yourself, I guess. So you've got to think about equipment and all sorts of stuff. Then and you're talking about money and inheritance and stuff. Yes, um, sadly it was just to fund my course and I don't have the resources that I have now and I've got a couple of upcoming film projects I'm more or less you know, plotted out for next year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to be creative and start to going down the route of applying for, for, for funding and things like that. But even then, I mean, I've been quite inspired by a number of filmmakers that I do know who really are, do film on shoestring but, 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 but budgets and big borrow and steal things mm. uh, with the last episode of my first punk gig we really had to beg and borrow all that we could you know we got into the Mitchell library to, to film they let us film there for free um, just because I sent a, beg, a, 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 a begging e- e- email saying I was a student sh- sh- mm-hmm. it caused car, 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 carnage right enough I had uh, my main contributor, Derek, running around in a wig, pretending to be a punk girl, with, which caused lots of stern librarians to come up, going, "Excuse me, you do have permission to to film here, don't do, don't you?" <laughs> and um, <clears throat> you'd obviously that. Well, how, how did you start with this? You know, my my first punk gig. How how did that become? This, this, this is going to be a short film series, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, well, we've got plans. I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, it was a first-year project where we had to be uh, had to make a documentary. We started our non-fiction mo- 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 module. And one of the guys, Jordan, was also a fan of punk. And he said, you know, I'd really like to do something on Paisley's The Bungalow. And we started to look into it. I said to him, look, if, if you want to uh, direct it, I'll, I'll, I'll produce it. We started to look into it. And there just seemed to be so, so many things going on about the bungalow, bungalow, bungalow at present. And eventually we hit upon the idea of um, actually looking at it from the fans' perspective. You know, I really don't think that the fans are given enough viewpoints and, um, sort of, you know, the, 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 a light is not sh- shown on them as much uh, as it could be. 
And we did the first the first day the first day episode, and that seemed to work okay. And decided for my masters to do a second one. Um, just uh, decided to sort of build on that and make it a bit more make it a bit 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 more a uh, profe profe professional look 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 looking. And now, yeah, it is looking like a third one could ha- could happen. But I guess as well, you you want that to feel a bit lo-fi as well, given the nature of the subject matter. Yeah, um, like I said, it's, we did have to beg and borrow, and it actually, there's a few co- contributors who'd be nice to pay so, so, some something back to, um, and like there are there are things like petrol bills to pay. But yeah, you're you're, you're right. I think there's kind of a bit of a DIY mm. ethic. I suppose it's it's all it's it is all almost like a fanzine, and that ma- 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 manages to sort of shine 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 through the films. And the first one was, uh, well, you said about the kind of Paisley scene. So John Zip from the Zips. Then now I, I remember I had the Fegs, and uh, you know there, there was a the, it was very busy down there what they were doing because Glasgow had so many restrictions with the council, and and even for the gigs there was there was certain issues about you couldn't. Uh, in the smaller venues, I think you couldn't pay the door, and then you couldn't pay the bands. So, uh, you know, a lot of the bands were playing outside Glasgow. So there was a, there was quite a strong Paisley scene as well. So John was part of that. John's still part of the the scene as well. I only saw him a couple of months ago playing in in Glasgow uh, with his zips. So he is a gent of a man. He very ki- 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 kind kind kindly let us uh, use um, thin blue line for the soundtrack. So that so yeah, he's he he's absolutely great. And I wish I could have had him more on the, the first talk because he was coming out with some great story sto- stories about what it was like being in a punk band on on, on that time and weirdly gal gal gal. Glasgow not being that much of a punk city, mm. and the problems he had trying to find band members to 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 start a punk band. And when I I used to go into Glasgow on a Saturday <coughs> during the day, and we went to the bandstand down at Clydeside, and a lot of the bands were Paisley bands. There's a lot of the bands that were playing. I don't know. I mean, they obviously get electricity and stuff like that. This day and age, I guess you wouldn't be able to find you know somewhere to plug your your stuff in. That, you know, a council bandstand. Yeah. But um, every Saturday, and it was all the punks. And it was a hangout place as well. But bands were playing all the time, and see quite a lot of them were the the Paisley bands as well. I can't even remember if I, I definitely bought the Zips first single, but I can't remember if I saw them back then yeah. at that time. I saw them like myself um, a few months ago, I finally called into McCool's with the player, Nelly, and it was great to see them live. I think John was a, is a fantastic uh, lead singer, so it's a singer, so... Nice and sleazy's ass on him. I can't remember who else was in the bill. Anyway, let's play a track from him. This is the Zipson's Thin Blue Line. Hey, I- 
Yeah, the zips there with thin blue line. Now, uh, you mentioned about recently graduating. What what is the title of your degree? Um, so yeah, I have made it. I now have a degree in di- 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 digital film pro- product production, which was quite a quite a quite an achievement to get for 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 someone who's just turned fifty. So there you go. And part of it, obviously, was doing. The the first my first punk gig. Did you have it in your mind to have a series? Um, I let I lecture pulled us uh, pulled, 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 pulled us aside after the first one, and he said, "Look, do you know you have got some 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 something there?" And I did want to do it. The uh, the the other people that I was do that I that were in my group dropped dropped out. I think they went off to do um, horror, horror instead. And I started getting more and more into documentary, and there was a sort of happy accident. Um, Derek Derek was actually was actually meant to be in the first one, hmm. but he couldn't make it because he had COVID. So I messaged Derek and said, look, I'm going to do a second one for my fi- final year project. Would you be content to be interviewed? And it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because the man has a big, big person, person, 
personality and he's also got this pretty great sto st story about his times in the punk scene so it was great to um, just de de dedicate a, f a, full ep a, full, a, full a full episode to his story and you used Tony Gawkins' uh, Blitzkrieg shop, which is down near, near the Barras. Um, how did that come about? Um, I'd heard about Blitzkrieg shop for the first first episode and uh, popped in. I met Tony and said, look, we're our students here. Tony's a really great guy, um, great guy in the fact that he's very charitable. Cha 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 he said, oh, yeah, it's good. It's good exposure for the shop as well. So I think he's quite content for his product. Paramuses to be used as long as people can re recognise where 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 it is. Yeah, so. and, and Tony's big thing is memorabilia and stuff up in the walls. And that you know, there's record shops and then there's Tony's record shops. So you yeah. got any Tony's and there's loads of collectibles and stuff in there. We did. I did actually feel like a ra rabbit in headlights when I walked into the shops. So I was looking at you know framed, pe framed, pe signed pe 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 pictures of the Adams first po 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 posters and things like that. So I was like, ooh, that this is great. Cost me a fortune to film there because I n n n never seem to leave there. Leave, leave without buying there. some, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, without buy, buy, buying some, 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 something, there is always one record that jumps into my hand and refuses to let go, so I have to buy it. Now, you mentioned Derek's the, the first punk gig, so that that was the second, although you meant it to be the first one. Did you realize you had something else in your hands then? You know, obviously, you know, we can talk about it, it's, it's award winning, you know, you're looking to submit it to further festivals, and that probably you have. We can maybe talk about that as well. But did you realize that was something different you had there? No, it took a real surprise, it was a real shock. First of all, I'm the thing about making a documentary is that you could plan it all out. You know, what called the treat, the treat, the treatment, where you sort of um, describe what is going to ha ha happen, and all of a sudden the contributor reveals some something, and the whole plans just spin off in a completely different direction. And that's what I love about documentary. A lot of the time, the treatment does it does it end up on the floor or mm. in the bin. And we made it, we decided to include a few more things where De Derek talked about coming out as a gay man and his experiences as a queer guy on the punk scene. And we started to dig a bit more into it, then look at what bands would have been playing at that time and the and the sort of uh, the punk songs at the time that could be sort of seen as queer 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 and put up. Queer, queer anthems and we made the film and people started to say oh that's quite a good film that's a great and I went oh thanks they, they think they were just being nice and I thought it was just going to end up being you know maybe get into one festival and then we'll put it in your uh, on YouTube where the first mm -hmm. one lies and all of a sudden in the space of two days first of all we got I got a call from the Dock and Roll um, film festival saying oh we're going to show it in London we would like to show it at the Glasgow Film Theatre before the, the skid stock and we'd like you to say a few words about it I'm like okay the next day it won an award at the, from the, Ber the, the Berlin Too Drunk to Watch Punk Film Fest mm -hmm. which was just 
it was sur- sur- surreal. It was re- really, really sur- surreal, and I'm still in a state of shock about it. It's just the way that it seems stemmed off. People seem to like, like, like it. Do you know, see, when you go back to, you know, we're talking the late 70s, aren't we? <clears throat> there was a lack of tolerance then, wasn't there? <clears throat> Excuse me. But punk seemed to have that, you know, you could be yourself in, in the punk scene because it was, stand, it was kind of standing up against rules. I know you're sitting there, I mean, it, it seemed quite a masculine uh, society, I guess. But I think there was, uh, there was a bit of tolerance uh, there that maybe wasn't in the rest of society. You know, I'm thinking back to... Criminal Justice Scotland Act 1980 and you know and and other things that the illness that came along in that as well and there was a real lack of, of tolerance then so um, it probably it was a big thing back in so what did we say the Strangers was 79? Yeah it was kind of really sad because yeah there was it's a bit of a du- of a double edged sword I mean yes punk was an area where you could express yourself you could be who the hell you want to be and you know damn what 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 people think and yet it still was not um, Derek goes on to sort of big extent about the homophobia he faced the punk scene, which seems really contradictory, particularly when you consider where punk came from. Mm. You know, the word punk is gay slang. Um, and there was the 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 imagery of Vivian's Westwood cowboy t-shirts. All the punks, punk, the famous punks in London used to hang about in gay clubs because that was the the only place that would let them in. And there were songs like "Ever Fallen in Love" and um, Tom uh, Tom Tom Ro- Robinson bands "Glad to Be Gay" out so mm. uh, out on the you know out on re- record. So it seemed a bit of a contradiction and quite sad, really. Now, you you did mention this. It's in for some other festivals as well. Yeah. It is indeed. It's now been accepted for its fourth fe- 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 festival. Um, I just found out at the weekend it's going to be shown at the Folkestone Film fe- 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 Festival next year, and it will be shown before a mo- Moby documentary, which is quite nice. Hmm. Um, the um, the organisers got in contact and said, "Look, we think this is a good fit." And that's been really, really nice to see. Um, a lot of the time with film fe- fe- festivals, the, the competition is fierce. Weirdly, I've not had much success getting the film into queer film fe- 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 festivals uh, 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 as of yet. But, um, one person got back to me and said, look, we had 600 films submitted. Yeah. So it is nice that it is being um, um, cho- cho- chosen. Are they all expecting you to turn up to the various festivals? Oh, I wish. <laughs> um, it was shown in the Los, A- Los, A- Los Angeles um, Punk Film Fest, and my boyfriend kept going, oh, look, we, we can go to Lo- 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 Los, A- Los, A- Los, A- Los Angeles. It, you know, we, 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 we can start to think about live, live, living in Be- 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 Beverly Hills, and like, no, no. But the way, tickets never start. turned up. No. <laughs> So um, yeah, it is a bit of a pity. I can't quite get a, get out as much as I'd uh, like 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 liked it. But who knows? I might make it to the Folkestone one. And you mentioned about funding and that as well. So you know, is there an opportunity for people to help you out? 
There will be later, later on, I think. Um, I am going to be doing a, um, um, the, third, the, the, third, the, third, the third episode uh, later on in the year, but there's that depends if things work out the way that that they go. Um, I've kind of decided that with the third the third day the third day episode we really should focus on women 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 uh, co 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 contributors. It's been all blokes so far. Mm. We did put a call out for women to ask if there would be uh, people that could share their story. And sa 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 sadly, it was not taken up. Um, and it's a real pity because um, when you think about, you know, the punk scene of that time and the punk bands that were f uh, that were fe 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 that were fe fe females such as the Slits and mm. all the iconic punk wo women, women such as Polly Styrene, there must have been people out there, uh, wo wo women out there, who have got quite a lot to say about their experiences. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a playlist that I'd, uh, you know, stuff that I dip in here. <clears throat> I don't play a lot of punk, you know, from back in the day, but, you know, all, all the, the raincoats and, you know, the the, the passions that's female fronted and that. There's a lot of the bands that I dip back in. Uh, Kleenex was the big, the big band at the time for me. Um, so I dip into a lot of that as well, you know, so I'm sure there's there's plenty of females. So if anything that comes out tonight, you know, there's a shout out for them that was involved back in the day and has got something to say about their first punk gig that would be fantastic we're on uh, social media media is my first punk gig you know tell us about, 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 about your story what was it like going to your first punk gig was it great was it I O I O was it I O O O opening or was it bad hmm. you know there. I think this is something that documentary has to consider what was it a let down at, at all did bad things go go on hmm. you know but I think I'm sure if you've got a, 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 a story a story, so, sorry, people will want to hear it so that that's your thrust for the next one if you look yeah. beyond that um, well, actually, the first one will, the, the third one will take place late, 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 later on in the year. I've been given a small bit of funding for an auto-ethnographic uh, documentary. I'll be doing a short film about myself being a stand-up co comic with, a, stam with, with a, st a, st a stammer who is queer as, queer, queer as well. And tell us about that as an experience then. <laughs> I, I, I said that we would mention it, you know, so you've brought it up yourself. So what is that like as an experience? Oh, God. Okay. Um, I can say that I'm a full-time comic, but there's, let's just say there's something li liberating about being on stage, having a microphone and telling people about the experiences that you've been through. So I did a course a few years ago and um, how to do a how to do a stand up course, and I was wanting to talk about other other things. I think I was trying to make jokes about but 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 exit at the time. You and everybody else. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, my stammer kept get, getting in the way, and eventually I went. You know what? I'm just going to have to make a lot of jokes about my stammer, and people seem to say that was my strongest material was coming out um there's been i tend to do one gig about uh once a month 
less you say now because of time commit commitments. There's been times where I've actually gone, you know, what well, I think I'm maybe reaching the end of my stand-up. Um, I was at a gig in Montrose a few months ago and it was in a rough pub and a fight broke out because, of course, a fight bro broke out, you know, where it was that type, 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 type of pub. Of pub. Yeah. And I'd done my gig and I got some laughs and I died a bit of a death with, with the, with the, with, with the, uh, with the other laughs. And as had the rest of the comics, and I got outside for just for a bit of fresh air, and some guy came up to me and started to to, to tell me about his experiences of going to speech ther therapy and ha 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 having a stammer too. I mean, you know, you really re really made me think. And after that, I did notice I got more people. The more that I I did talk about having a stammer in my set, the more people came up to me and began to talk about it and thought, you know, I am putting beginning to put people um, put the um, the 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 issue of having a stammer in the limelight. Mm -hmm. um, I did a gig a few months ago at Spangled Cabaret. And um, this guy marched up to me and I've got a stammer. I cannot believe what you've done. And I was like, but I want to see more co 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 comics with a stammer. Come, come on, you know, get 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 to talk to 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 talk to to talk about it. So I'm hoping to try to use the forthcoming doc just to sort of speak about that and try to get people thinking about the impact of a sta of a stammer. And you mentioned Spangled Cabaret there's Paul Ross, and Paul oh, Ross does yes. a show here as well, so, yeah. um, and I'm actually on his playlist here, we've got Scunner, he's band with the latest Christmas, and he does a whole, the kit and caboodle, you know, there's there's a video <laughs> and all, everything goes with it as well, and I know he likes his, you know, if it's Halloween, or, you know, there's always an occasion. Um, he's an um, 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 uh, amazing performer. Former and a great host never yeah. never fails to, to to make me laugh. One more question then before we play a track from the Damned, and maybe you can tell us why we're playing that one. But um, what was the first time you got on stage at a proper comedy night? What was that like? It was the end of the course one, um, and it was in front of a few friends. And actually, looking back at my my material, it 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 was bad. But I had some very, 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 very kind friends who applauded and said the right thing. It was stressful because I was um, stammering a hell of a lot more than I would have done, and um, or when I began to sort of relax more, more, more um, with a stand, a stand up. But I came outside and I was went, oh my god, I got up there and I did it, did it. And actually, as a confidence builder, if you've got some kind of Let's just say so, 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 something in life that you want to compartmentalize and own. I do recognize. I do recommend stand, 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 stand up for it. It is quite. It is quite a great way of dealing 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 with it with it with it with 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 issues that you face. Yeah, and more power to your elbow because everybody's going to be nervous, you know, and and have anxiety, and you know, I, I guess it's 
face your fears or get up and face the challenge. It's sort of weird though. It is the type of thing that most people think that they can't do, but they can. You know, we've all got that fun, funny, funny story in our, our our life, and we all make jokes about things. So yeah, the damned neat neat neat. That's why I've yes. got that in the playlist tonight. I've seen the damned a few times now, and it just seems that they've got better and better live as the years have gone on. Um, so I saw them back in 1994 at the Barrowlands. Um, I think it was quite a good gig. I saw them at the garage as well the next year. And they've kind of made a welcome return to the live circuit. I know that they now never went away. They've got a big gig next year, haven't they? Yes. Um, you know, that went up and down as well. I yep. saw them in a couple of smaller stages and then they're back on the big stage again. And it's great to see. I mean, they do cut, 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 cut it still live. Um, last time I went to see them play, I decided to go to the Mosh Pit for this song, which lasted all of 30 seconds. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe I should not have got to that, 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 that drunk. Here it is then, the damn neat, neat, neat. McCutcheon on Cam Glen Radio. 
the slits there with love and romance and that's from the John Peel session and that was something else you requested during as well so tell us about the slits um, I just always loved the slits with, when I heard her, when I heard them I loved their image I think um, also as a gay man you're, you really are sort of attracted or more in tune with women, women in rock and strong female figures Derek has talked about this during the film when he talks about his admiration for Susie Sue. But they also just produced some really cutting-edge music that I thought was great and really dealt with some great subjects, um, such as like Newton, for example, and uh, shoplifting and typical girls. You mentioned Susie Sue there, so I saw the Banshees back in the day, at Apollo and Tiffany's... Um, and just recently I saw Susie at the, the bandstand, which yeah. was brilliant, and seeing the run-up to it, those are reviews for Europe and stuff like that, saying our voice is gone and, and different things, and she was brilliant, and the band were brilliant as well, got to say that. I think it's one of these things, because it's a bit like when I saw the Sisters of Mercy and poor Andrew Eldridge's voice is going too a little bit. And I think as well, if you go, you have to admit, the people are not as young as they once were, and you have to make adjustments for it, Apparently, rumour has it that Susie Sue said to she can only play certain songs or some songs that she can't sing the high high notes now, which is fair play to her. But it's still she still really really managed to cut it, and you know the songs are still her own, and it was still a great experience. So you know that was that was a brilliant gig, and it was why the ones you pay a lot of money for, and you say, oh, I hope this is a good night, and it was brilliant night, it really was. It's one of these things, I hate to say it, but the way that rock stars are going is better to go and see them now. Just, just, yeah. just well, of a certain era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we mentioned off the air there, which I'd, I did want to mention it anyways, you know, who would you have liked to have seen that you have not? Oh, my God, there is a very long list, um, as long as my arm. First of all, it would have been the cramps, mm. because I never quite got to see the cramps. I was just a bit too young, I think, when they played the Battlelands on their Stay Sick tour. Um, and to rub it in, I do have a job at the Barlands. I work in the cloakroom, and when I go up the stairwell to the cloakroom, I pass a Cramps tour Stay Sick poster, and it's yeah. just, it just feels like it's mocking me. There was one time where I was going to a festival, all tomorrow's parties, and the cramps were booked on there, and I thought, oh, at last, I'm going to see the cramps. One week before Lux Interior died, I was like, no, could mm. you not just held on for two more weeks, please, Lux, come on. And we, we messed it, obviously, after the slits there, so <laughs> I, I saw the slits that were coming to Glasgow and playing the yeah. stereo, and uh, for whatever reason, I never went, and I did to talk myself in it, never did, and it was not long after that that Harry passed as well, so that yeah. was a missed opportunity for me. I know what they were doing at that time was probably very different from what the original slits were doing, but yeah, um, don't let things pass you by. I guess that's the answer. You know, I uh, a friend in my a friend of me went to see the Pet Shop Boys last year. It cost a norm and a leg because I was a student at the time, and the only part of the of the the the, the only re, 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 part of the reasons that I went was just because 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 of exactly that. Don't let things pass you 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 by. How long have you worked at the Barrowlands? 
I've worked at the Barlands for like a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a no, it's a cool place to work because of where where it, where it, where it is. Yes, you've got to dr- to deal with dr- 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 drunken people try, trying to get their jackets back who have lost their ticket and they are trying to tell you. Yes, but it's the black ja- jacket. It is the black ja- jacket. But you know, on the plus <laughs> side, I do get to see some some great bands too. So it's a rough with with the smooth. Worth a mention, but not punk. I went to the first Beastie Boys gig, which was a riot, oh, <laughs> an yes, absolute I, riot, because the, the, the press were giving them a bad time, <clears throat> and uh, as a consequence, everybody was against them, and uh, the, the Glasgow show was a riot. Um, the strippers and cages at the side of it, the, the band came on, had a bit of attitude, and people started throwing cans of beer, and I think they must have done three or four songs, and they were off, but that was, that was chaos. I do, I do oh, remember God. that. But it's one of these ones that you say, I was there. Yeah, it, it was something else. It was kind of sad because it was the same thing with punk, really. Mm. You know, it was it was the power of the press that sort of gave things a bad name, and as a result, people wanted to go to it to to to, to cause chaos. Yeah, no, there was certainly a bit of that. Now I'm going to, but we've got a few more tracks still to play that you, you suggested yourself, and a couple of them are unknown to me. So one, the wall and ghetto. Tell us about that. Um, my, so, so this was one of the records that my sister pa, pa, passed do, 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 down to me. It does feel that the best musical journeys involve uh, involve an older sibling, sibling, sibling passing records down, which is mm-hmm. how mine start, started. And, um... The Wall were a band that were one of these sort of the 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 also rans. They supported Stiff Little Fingers, I think, in 1981, round about that time. Correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, they were just such a fantastic band live. Um, they were one of these bands that 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 were all about the riffs, and. I just always felt that they should have been a lot bigger than they actually, they actually were. A few years ago, they did play Stereo, Stereo, Stereo and I'm really pleased to say that it, 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 they still cut it live. I think they have played Rebellion as well. Mm-hmm. So they're still going strong, so fair play to them. I say I'm unaware of uh, the wall, but uh, stiff little fingers you mentioned there, one of the Saturdays hanging about in the town, met them and... Can't remember the name of the record shop. It'll come to me later. Uh, at the bottom of Renfield Street, and they, 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 you know, that's what the bands did. I think. What do we do during the day before the sound check? We'll pop by all the local record shops and make them on there and uh, get stuff assigned and stuff like that as well. Oh, um, and sorry, back in the day, I know that people still go and see them every year religiously in yeah. March, but I guess I've kind of moved on for that as well. But <laughs> we're talking about the wall, so here it is this is a wall in ghetto.
You're listening to Derek McCutcheon's Rebellious Jukebox on Cam Glen Radio, 107.9 FM.
that was New Cross there with L. Now that's brand new, but you know, if we're talking about punk, that's the kind of idea that I have that the punk that's out there just now. So back with Ewan. So um, who would you go and see now, Ewan? I mean, if you had a notion to go and see a band that was touring, who would it be? Oh my goodness. Um, there are lots and lots of bands and not just punk. I am very, 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 very much pick and mix with my music taste. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into all the jo- 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 genres because I've got a bit of a FOMO thing about music. Like I wasn't just into punk. I was also into shoegaze and baggy. The one mm-hmm. jo- 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 genre that I could not stand was, was Britpop. But... Um, I think these days, uh, the sort of of the up and coming bands it would be bands like Be- Benefits, yep. who have caused have caused a bit of a furor on the scene. Um, I sat, sad, sadly missed them a few months ago because I was a student when they played and yep. had to a couple of times, like, a couple of times in the past year, I'm sure, like, like broadcasting yeah. as venues last, isn't it? Yeah. So benefits and also uh, special interest as well. So I'm trying to keep an eye out for when they play next. Yeah, we've got a uh, special interest. So maybe I'm just going to adjust the playlist and we'll play that next because we've got in a rut here by the ruts as well. Another one you pick. Maybe we'll play them back to back. But we'll special interest first. What's coming up for you then? You know what's you know what in the film side of things. Stand up anything. Right, and the film side of things, I will be concentrating on the documentary that I talked about. Uh, it's, a bit, it's going to be a bit of a challenge having to make uh, so, some some so, something about my own experiences. Um, but I, 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 it will be done. I'm ready to think of ideas on how to make how to make it funny, you know. And I'm also not just all about me, but about bigger things. Um, after that, it will be uh, there'll be the the third the third episode of my first punk gig. Um, that's if we can get the contributors. And after that, I've always got ideas for different documentaries bubbling away at the back of my head. I would like to explore more about what the what what fans of music feel. Um, there's always lots of stories about what music means to fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was back in the day when people used to hitchhike between towns and like, try to blag their way on the guest list during, during the punk scene. I'm sure there's lots of stories to tap into that I would love to film about that. Also, one of my long-term plans is to make a documentary about a particular song because lots of people seem to have a view on this one song. And, um, yeah, it's just um, to get their sort of views on that and story, stories about where, where, where they first heard, heard, heard it. Yeah, you mentioned there that the furthest I travelled back in the days, I think it was like seventeen, was uh, the bungalow bar. Oh yeah. And I got my parents took me and my pal down, and we were seventeen, so we were kind of that thing: are we going to get in? Are we not going to get in? You know, on the door, and it was sold out. <laughs> we turned up oh, and it was sold out. No. Spiz Energy, <clears throat> and oh. I eventually saw Spiz Energy at uh, Audio oh, six, seven years ago. I think there's only been 
to the, that, I mean, that was maybe the second gig in Glasgow at that point anyway so I hadn't, it's not as if I had missed them but um, I did eventually get to see them got a bit of a story about them because um, I was drunk on the L- London Tube and I met some. I saw somebody, the guy who sat down next to, to me um, had lots of energy t-shirts and badges on and I went oh mate I, I used to love Where's Ca- Ca- Captain Kirk I thought it was such a great song and then he went oh yeah and he he got up he stood up and he gave me a flyer and then I realised it was a lead singer yeah yeah and you can't miss him because he's uh, I mean yeah it's He's, he's mad <laughs> uh, yeah I've got his friend on Facebook and, that, and uh, I see what he's up to all the time I've uh, saw him um, at a Stooges gig where he got up on stage and, f- da- uh, 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 and danced about and flung flat, flat flyers around too now we've got to mention again you know you're looking for a, a female that's got some experience that's worth talking about uh, her first punk gig yeah. so you know that's a shout out for them that's got a story to tell and maybe to get in touch where would they how would they get in touch with you the best way is to get onto facebook and look at my first punk gig um that seems to be the best the, the best one um i hate to say this i still have no uh mastered instagram which i better do soon mm. because a lot of people do call call call, call, call out for it um i cannot stand social media but unfortunately, it seems to be the weapon of choice for, for most folks. So if you don't mind, Facebook is the best way, folks. Yeah, it's a means to an end for me as well. Obviously doing the radio stuff and the promotion stuff and, the, you know, bands and stuff. But I'm getting lost with it now because it was, it was Facebook for me and then it was Twitter, you know, to kind of help support the bands. But it's, it's moved on now. It's, I mean, it's, it's Instagram or nothing and then oh it gets beyond that to TikTok and all sorts. I think, it w- I think it would be okay if they just invented one thing and we all stuck, stuck to it. You know, oh. I think uh, I've, I, I'm still got, got Got gutted about the fact that I just learned my uh, my space before before I before I had to give yeah. it up because we 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 had all moved on. Yeah, MySpace and Bebo was another. Oh one. yes. <laughs> <clears throat> right, so I've got two tracks here from your playlist, and uh, we'll finish with the ruts and then a rut. So I don't know that that needs any explanation, but a special interest. You know, I haven't heard of them before. You mentioned and the the track is Street Pulse Beat. It's a boy harsher remix. Is that the right one? Uh, yes. So uh, tell us about that then. Um, when you asked me to pick six punk songs, I did do the high fidelity thing. I started to chop and change all the punk, the 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 records, and had to approach you and message you and go, "I've changed my mind. I've changed yeah. my mind." And even then, when I was um, speaking to friends, they're like, "Oh, did, did you pick energy then, or what about a um, uh, uh, Bob Mould's band?" Oscar do and I went oh da- damn it <laughs> but I was determined to pick um, a band of this time really a band a, a sort of a more re- recent band who still have the punk edge and I think special interest are pretty much a spe- 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 special band they have taken their own the punk ethic they are a queer punk band and they've made it their sound their own 
and they've obviously u- um, used the punk, um, the the, the uh, punk view, as it were, to to make songs about be, being queer. Where are they from? So, 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 so somewhere in the states because I'm not that much of a fanboy. I believe they're based in New York, but I could be wrong. Right now. Uh, but just before I stick these on, then so good luck with everything going forward. Thank, thank, and if you, you. Uh, if you get that third show done, come back in and tell us about it. I I I, I would love that. And that that, that 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 thank you so much for 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 playing my my tunes. Yeah, no problem at all. That's what we do, of course. <laughs> <clears throat> right. So the ruts within a rut from 1979 and special interest before that. The that is with Street Pulse Beat.
and shining were those of the capitalist of today and of the past will have been forgotten. I wish no harm to any human being, but I, as one man, am going to exercise my freedom of speech. No human being on the face of the earth, no government, is going to take from me my right to speak, my right to protest against wrong, my right to do everything that is for the benefit of mankind. I am not here then as the accused. I am here as the accuser of capitalism dripping with blood from head to foot.
That's a live version of Console Micklin there featuring Sugar Neil. Uh, it's actually off the album released by Savage Cut, and we've got a live version of the performed here, and they uh, really should get that on the system so we can play that. Here's the raincoats from 1980, and this is Fairy Tale in the Supermarket.
That was a, oh, caught me out there. That was the Fat White family there with feet. Just about time to go. I'm just going to close the show. Well, you only got a snippet of it, but this is Area 51 from the Fat Black Cats.